go live. My name is Travis Nixon. I'm a career data scientist. I'm joined by Tyler Tucci, a former hedge fund PM and now the head of research at Cinerai. Today, we've got an exciting episode for you. It is going to be earnings week. So some important names reporting this week. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk through those, talk through the trades that we like. We are not uh, a financial services company. We are not advisors. This is just a review of stocks and tickers that we find interesting. So trade uh, with your own caution, with your own risk tolerance and everything like that. But uh, there's no reason why not to just jump into it. Tyler, what are we looking at for the week? Sure. So for this week, I would kind of classify it as a few big retailers, a lot of Chinese tech, and then some other. We've, we've kind of reached... Uh, we're at the we're at the bottom of the order in terms of in terms of earnings. Most of the high flyers are behind us. Um, we'll have a couple cool ones a week, I guess you could say, moving forward. But the the Apple, Amazon, Fandango, you know, those those weeks with with all of the names reporting are, are kind of behind us. Which actually we kind of think plays to our advantage because we don't generally like to to take at least earnings views on the high flyers you know we'll sometimes have a netflix kind of short view but generally speaking we want to trade the weirder ones uh I, and i have a couple weird ones for you today um a couple other ones that are reporting this week not on my sheet walmart home depot uh, we just don't have anything great to say is is really is really why we kind of skip them our earnings factors kind of agree with price um they're low but there's no real trading opportunity there so we're just going to kind of leave those alone. The ones that we have, we have some decent um, forecastability for both on the earnings model and and uh, the health scores. And it's nice this week we're actually able to fit the whole week onto one sheet this time. Yeah, not not 60 names and that's that's edited down or whatever. Um, let's see. So we can we can jump right into it. I'm just going to kind of go through the whole week and then we'll go back and talk about um what I see as as actionable this week. Um, today we just we really have it's ten cent music. We actually have a decent beat there, um, which will be interesting to see because some of these these Chinese tech names I'm thinking about, you Baba, have just been pummeled and continue to get pummeled. I mean, we had the we had the nice squeeze off the lows, but sellers sellers met that uh, pretty much. You know, I, I think we moved from 80 to 120 and it ran into a wall when I'm talking about Baba. So the rest of these names, there's there's a lot at play here. There's there's the event uh, with the the PVOC um, later this year, and they're going to kind of figure out what the what the next five years are going to look like. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that are that are dictating um, and driving price for for Chinese exposed equities. So both of so yeah, that one we're just going to kind of leave alone. It's interesting that we have a beat though. I will say that um, it'll be interesting to see if if this is this is the quarter where these these Chinese tech stocks finally finally beat pretty downtrodden expectations. Um, I don't necessarily have a view on that, given our and by our I mean Folico's mixed view of of these these earnings this week. But it, it definitely will be something to watch. Well, did you see yesterday the release of the Chinese data? Yes, and I believe they they cut one of the rates this morning as well. Um, Two point seven percent versus three point one expected, or, yeah. or no, it was five expected and three point one when in June. Yes, uh, I, I, but but if you broke it out, 
what I thought was interesting was, you, of course, you're seeing a whole bunch of bleeding in real estate production, definitely down compared to where they need to be. But everything else actually sh was, was doing better than those two indexes, uh, at least. So does that mean that TME could be doing better? Now, the question for me, if they produce a beat, given the context of weaker Chinese numbers and weaker Chinese growth, does that environment form something that actually makes it a good trade or not. So even if they beat the number, is this still a good trade? I have questions on that. Yes. And that's, that's, this is a perfect candidate for leave alone. In theory, I like the company. I like some of the things they do, but you know, no edge there. I think we'll, we'll look at, we'll look at some other things. Um, one of them being this O N O N, which I believe is a shoemaker. Um, they report on Tuesday. Oh, I hate this. Here we go. Here comes the two screen shuffle, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so that, that's that's pretty good. This is a tier two trade. I have two best ideas for the week. I'll go over those as we get to them. But I think this is a pretty good idea. This is what I like to talk about. We have some divergence. Um, the calls aren't too expensive, so we'll buy. Or excuse me, the puts. This is a this is a bearish. We're taking a bearish view here. Um, the twenty five puts are a dollar eighty. Um, I, I think those those are worth taking a shot at. Uh, that's a tier B trade. I'll show you my my two better ideas, but I, I do think that is that is going to be a good one. Um, and at least you know, Felico does that, and that's what's important. So here's something to notice, and, and this is something I'm going uh, a little bit deeper on. So I'm going to actually pull up the same ticker so that I can guide the, the pointer here. Oh, You know what? Actually, my screen is having a bug coming up on it. Do you mind uh, showing, showing yours up again, Tyler? Sure. All right. So what I want to point out is the post sympathetic movement. So look at this stock. If you uh, scroll over to mid-March, you see a, a really big jump up in price. You don't see the earnings power going up until mostly after the event. Look at when it jumps back down. You don't see the earnings power going down until mostly after the event. So this is post sympathetic. It's moving in line with the price, but that usually happens shortly after the price movement. Now, there, there are t many, many times in Folico where that uh, earnings power moves before the price movement. There are some companies that it moves afterwards. I find it more meaningful when you're coming to an earnings release event like we are, that if you jump out to August, we have a divergence, even though this is typically a sympathetic line, we have a divergence between the price and the earnings power. So right there at the end, you can see a sharp drop in the earnings power while at the same time, the price had, has continued to go up, which means that we're getting signals beyond just where the price is at currently. Now, earnings power can sometimes reflect a lot of excitement and momentum about an increasing price of a stock. So sometimes a lot of 
news outlets will release articles like, oh, O-N-O-N, their stock price is charging upwards, and that will lead to a sympathetic increase in the earnings power. But when you see that relationship start to degrade and, in fact, flip opposite, it means that something exogenous is happening that's not being captured in the price, which increases the opportunity present in this ticker. So we'll have to see when this comes out. This is post-market today, Tyler. Is that right? Uh, I believe post-market Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that this strengthens the signal coming out of that. And then I will show you the next one. This is our better idea for, for Tuesday. This is one of my, my best ideas of the week. So as we teased yesterday and, and as Eduardo found, this looks like a pretty good one right here. Um, you know, earnings power still on its butt. Um, the only thing that would make it, you know, kind of perfect for me is we only, we only have in line uh, as an, as an EPS forecast. So I would really like to see that, that we saw a negative print as well as some negative buildup here. Um, but we just kind of have the, the negative buildup without the negative print. That may not matter. It usually doesn't. But when I talk about using multiple, multiple things to confirm, I like to see everything in agreement uh, that allows me to have more conviction, size of the trade larger, things like that. Um, so we're going to take the, the 200 or the 210 uh, weekly put, uh, that's going to be about six and uh, six and a half dollars. Um, we don't see any reason that that shouldn't snap lower. Um, it's been, it's been happening all earnings season, pretty much with the exception of McDonald's, I think is the only one that is set up like this, that has been a complete clunker. So that's, that's something that, you know, we'll, we'll be watching on Tuesday. It's one of our best ideas of the week. Um, I will, and I will actually be looking to buy the, the puts in my interactive brokers account after the open. Now, speaking the last time we saw a shape like this bumble, boy, that was a roller coaster last week, was it not? Yes, it was very difficult to trade. The, the the very profitable trade was there, but the window was not open very long. Yeah, probably probably about. What do you think? It, it uh, probably opened five minutes off the open. You could have got out of your puts for a double. And then if you had late, uh, waited later in the day, you probably got about the same price. But yeah, that was definitely one of those where, you know, you have to monetize it after the move. You know, you get the, you get the quick move. You got to keep those hands moving and, and get out of the trades, um, especially when you have a such a short time frame like we do on these earnings trades. But yes, I mean, to that point trading that one specifically was was a bucking bronco because it went straight down into the to the print um straight down after the print in fact had a nice squeeze higher and then uh reversed back lower so yes you actually had to to trade that one a little bit if you didn't just decide like i did i the minute the market opened i was out so I probably, I think I sold my uh, 155 to call it about 240, which is a significantly less than than I probably should have taken. I, I jokingly uh, jokingly sent Travis a message the night or the day before while the market was open, and I said if we were responsible, we would be taking our puts off here. And I think it was like uh, three at 310 or something. Um, so that was that was the real level to take it off. We just kind of wanted to push it to see what happened, um, but I think in hindsight and we discussed taking it off beforehand. We just kind of wanted to gamble a little bit to, to be really honest with you. 
But Bumble, it, it, it did something interesting. So it had a rally there right at that point, and then it completely collapsed again. It went yes. back down to 3116 mm-hmm. that, that same day. So I actually, I didn't sell right at the market open. Uh, I, I kept it. And since I, I had rolled uh, my, my options, um, and so I actually still hold it. So we're getting a question. Eduardo Pereira. Tyler, could you please go through Home Depot and walk us through your logic if why you are not trading it? Yes, sure. So there's a couple things here. Negative one sometimes is too low. So we found that basically if a score reaches its max, it's less powerful than when it's on the way there. I.e. the move from negative 80 bips to negative one is usually more impactful than hanging out at the end. But I mean, now that you say that, I can't not trade that, right? I mean, I'm gonna have to buy, I'm gonna have to buy those points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right, yeah, yeah. And no, that's the other thing, right? I mean, I just work here, right? So Eduardo's <laughs> the one who's, who's, who's really telling us what's up here. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's the, the problem for me when I'm thinking about this is, and you know, this is a, a bit of a, of a confessional here. I've been so backwards on this squeeze, i.e. I kind of thought we could squeeze to 4,300, but now I'm kind of confused because I'm not totally sure if this is a squeeze anymore. There are some indicators and uh, some some studies that would suggest the odds of this continuing to be a bear market have decreased. Um, I don't necessarily have a view on that. That's just kind of what my my weekend of of research uh, bore out. So that's that's really my my problem is for this to work, we're going to have to have a somewhat bearish market context. So if if this is like a our Apple Amazon week, and this is my concern, is even if we're right, we could just get effectively, you know, squeezed by the the beta move in the market and these trades won't work. You are right. I will have to trade this because this is a divergence and this is what we do. But in terms of trades that also have a ton of macro, this is one. Whereas JKHY, oh, go ahead. Let me let me show though. So if, if you go into earnings power and you click the filter and you go negative only, you're going to see a news article pop up. And I think that this is not something that you want to see coming from the CEO of a company just a couple weeks before earnings release. Home Depot co-founder calls out Biden's gaslighting saying we are in a recession. In other words, when we release our earnings, don't judge us too much. This is definitely a recession, guys. I, I think that's a pretty, so why is Home Depot's numbers shooting downward while our models are picking up elements just like this? So this article would have been uh, quite a negative hit to that score, several other articles similar to it, uh, and, and pointing out what is the effect of someone in leadership coming out in this negative uh, of, a, of a wave this close to earnings, this, this is something that, that would be significant. So does that change the calculus at all? I mean, that's the problem is Eduardo is right. Like from a, we want to be systematic. We'll put this trade on. 
I just think there are so many other things in my process that are that are just kind of flashing red in terms of the market seems decently short. When I look at this Home Depot chart, uh, you know, it could potentially run all the way to 350 um, before I would start thinking about like, oh, this is an interesting level to short against. Um, there's just so much other stuff going on there. And Home Depot is one of those big cat names that picks up more of that stuff. So, I mean, you're right. It's still good for a tier two trade. That is the divergence we look for. Um, let's see. I am going to take a look at how much these puts are. So assuming we can, assuming we can get, uh, Walmart had a really gross earnings, uh, score, but the price was already on its butt down there. So yeah, not great, but it's not, if this one, you know, there, there might be some juice to squeeze out of yet. Um, it looked like the Walmart experience had pretty much been squeezed. Oh, you know, we took all the juice out of the, out of that. So if uh, I understand you correctly, Home Depot and Walmart both in the retail space, but Walmart already faced the pain. We think so. Walmart had that big guy down that had they had the the biggest single down day in history or biggest down day since you know some crazy day. Um, so yeah, I mean that that took a beating last earnings season. That's not to say that it can't take another one. Um, Let's look how it's set up on the chart, honestly. Now, speaking of times when earnings power makes a move before the, the company does, look at this. Boom. A couple of weeks later, boom. Revert exactly to the mean as predicted by the earnings power. So Walmart, not necessarily something to confidently trade, but Home Depot might be there. Home Depot, I just saw the at the money puts for this week are seven bucks. So we'll we'll add that one. Um for, for record keeping purposes. And then maybe I'll look at some personally, some more out of the money tail kind of stuff to see if, if, if they were something that won't pay me unless they report a real clunker, for example, maybe we'll go down to maybe 200. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, if you're, if you're trading my system, we have to attack that one. Um, you're right even if I don't like some of the other, some of the other underlying macro kind of things. Um, let's see, and then I'll, I'll bring you back to, what else do we have here? Uh, AMCR, AMCR is, I think this one's a pretty good idea. Um, If you will take a look here, this is what we like to see. I also think it's interesting that we got them to accelerate in the opposite direction. In August, we got price accelerating up while earnings power was accelerating down. I wonder what that looks like on the one day. Yeah, see, so this, this is a pretty good one. The weekly puts are only 50 cents. Um, it's a $13 stock, that's why, but I'll take a couple. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll take it for fully live, uh, record keeping purposes. I'll probably bid them on the open. These are tricky because the bid ask is just so gosh darn wide. So this is one of those, you throw a bid in somewhere in the middle, hopefully you get hit. If not, don't overpay for, you know, expensive options on a cheap stock. That's just not a, not the way to do it. Um, especially because we have some other ones this week that are just as good of ideas. Um, 
but I that do definitely. That burned me last week. So what's the strategy there, Tyler? Um, I, I, I wanted to ask you this. Yeah, I it was, uh, was it Teva? Was it Teva? I got the move yep. that I needed with Teva. Uh, it was a call based on our one-day uh, projections, and it, it performed fantastically well. But then the options price didn't move with it. And that was frustrating. So it was a low price, um, low volume type of, of ticker. So how do you successfully trade options in that kind of environment? Or should you just go for shares? I mean, it, it depends on. So generally speaking, one would use at the money options when they don't have an account that is large enough and just allows for leverage. And you can just buy the shares on leverage because that, to your point, would probably be the the optimal way to do it is just to, to be long with leverage so you're long you know one and a half times your account worth by the way not financial advice we are just talking about different uh different performance uh, kind of streams i guess different ways to to achieve different performance uh metrics or performance uh you know risk management things that that you're looking for i guess um but yes, on, on those lower priced ones, shares generally um, can work, do work. I like to buy the at the money calls if they're or the at the money option if they're not ridiculous to basically use it as as synthetic leverage as long as the the pricing isn't um, prohibitive. But yes, you you definitely have to have to think about the price is lower, so the option prices are lower on an absolute basis, but, but you should be thinking about it as one as a percentage of the other, right? So if a, if a stock's a dollar and you can pay 30 cents for the option, that's still ridiculously expensive, right? So it's, it's, it, it, it's a case by case basis. Um, and I think just, just knowing exactly what you're playing for is important on that. If you're buying calls with the idea that the stock can move enough, then that's just fine. But if you're buying calls, not realizing how much the stock needs to move, and you probably would have been better off in shares, I mean, that's that's the problem is, is you don't understand your expression. You don't understand the risk you have on and bad things start to happen. So uh, I, I guess my, my best way to answer that question is just make sure that you have the correct view on. If, if like on a day trading model, if we're only looking for a two and a half percent move over a week or over a day or whatever higher, but with decent conviction, yeah, you just buy the shares and you take the two and a half percent. But on some of these other ones like HD, for example, where we're either looking for a big move or no move at all, you can kind of go a little bit further out of the money, be a little cheaper about it and, and get paid. You get paid less, you get paid less percentage of the time, but that percentage of the time, the payout is higher, if that makes sense. So I, I just think it's so important in this new era actually having to think about what you're doing instead of just buying calls and watching stuff go shut up. It's important to know exactly what the view you have on is saying. You can't just buy, if you want to buy a stock, you can't just blindly buy any of five lines of call strike. Each each thing is saying something different and you have to understand what it is that, that it's saying. Hmm. That makes sense. Uh, so in the future, I, I like the idea of, of leverage on getting the equity because that kind of exposes you in the same way that an option does, right? Yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now we are- Well, it, up- it, it exposes you in the same way the at the money option does. Okay. So it doesn't, you won't get paid like, 
if you buy some crazy tail puts, if I have crazy tail puts and you're short on leverage and you get, and we get a 20% move in the underlying, you're happy. I'm retired. That's the difference. You know what I mean? Like in terms of P and L, right? Like uh, that's, that's the best way that, you know, I can, I can put that and think about that. But um, I, I will say there, there is nothing in this whole thing that I've been more frustrated at, at being right. And yet the option price didn't move. That killed me. Right. And I, I don't want to be there again. So I'd rather take the two and a half percent than be frustrated like that. Yes. And, and that's, that's the thing, right? I, I, everybody started with options during the, the, the retail boom of, of 2020, but like they're hard to trade. I mean, so let me, they are easy to trade in that you can open up your E-Trade account, interactive broker's account or whatever it is and go buy them. You can trade them, right? You can, but should you, do you understand, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to lecture here, but it's just really important to understand the view you have on and, and the PL profile of said view. That's all that's important. Losing money because you had a view, you don't, didn't understand that you have what view you had on and the view you thought you were taking is right. That's the worst thing in the world to your point, right? Like we hate that. So hopefully we can, we can, we'll do everything we can to try to make sure that we're explaining the difference between, okay, here's a view we're taking, here's how, and that's different than just tracking performance um, and, and how we can use different strikes and different moneyness to uh, have different payout profiles. Um, so, bef but before I. And I have noticed that traders that are first getting into options tend to gravitate almost immediately to the penny stocks. Because you write that like five cents. How could I lose? <laughs> Lots of ways. I want this to go from five cents to two dollars. That's what I want. And in most, in most cases, in most cases, if you want to do that, you know that machine at the checkout aisle in the grocery store that's got the lottery tickets. Go hit that up instead. Um, but, but anyhow, nobody wants to hear me lecture about options. Um, but. What you guys might want to see this is my last divergence of the week. Nice. I'm going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no idea what they do, um, but I don't care. Um, you know, well, two things. One quick shameless folio plug. We can check it out in like five minutes. Like we can, we can go through this here. Well, have an understanding nice interact okay like this is this is very cool because this allows me to okay nice is a is looks like it's a this looks like a cloud company okay israeli software company okay perfect so this makes sense we like kind of reshorting risk in general here uh we're gonna we're gonna get out in front of you on a on a whole on a holistic risk view, I think probably next week and just kind of refresh our view on, on the whole market in general. Some things have changed, some things haven't, but this, this is a good one. Um, a nice bearish divergence. We also have it missing on an EPS basis. Uh, the two thirty weekly put is six. We will take that. And just again, a nice bearish divergence. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, that's looking pretty good. Um, 
Oh, and that's interesting. I mean, this is just an as an aside. Management, reputation. Okay, so systemic. So one out of four ain't bad, I guess. Um, but systemic, uh, we are going to be coming in and doing a specific uh, episode this week on oil and what that means for systemic uh, health. This is uh, going to be so cool, by the way. This is this to me is is what we are good at because all the macro fail I read this weekend was a bunch of hand wringing about the chart of gasoline and the chart of spy and how they are basically perfectly neg negatively correlated. The higher gasoline goes, the lower spy goes. So we're actually going to mathematically study and analyze whether one had anything to do with each other, and I think that's what's interesting. Most people will stop it up. Well, they track each other on a chart, so uh, our work here is done. We're actually going to look at it. I'm really excited. You know, this is this is one of the things I'm uh, here for. Um, I, I think this stuff is so cool, and I think this is the, one of the things that def definitely differentiates us. So for all you data nerds out there, what we're going to be doing is Bayesian analysis of given the price of oil, does that result in the change uh, in a change for SPY um, and see what comes out of that. So that model is being built now. Uh, we'll have results either Tuesday or Wednesday. And so depending on when those results come out, that's when we'll do that episode. But tune in every morning. It is nine o'clock. We got to get running. We got to get trading. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. One last question. Nice. Did you uh, say a, a price that we're getting in and at? Uh, are we just going at the Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so what I'm trying to do is for the show, I'm using all at the money uh, in my in my account. I'm, I'm not totally sure. I'm going to I'm going to kind of think about it. Um, but just for record keeping purposes, I always say that options market is the time based price market. We're, we're making time based price predictions. So using the at the money in our prevailing direction seems like the most fair way to track it. Um, if anyone ever wants to to see it tracked another way or, you know, they don't they, you don't like that way. I'm happy to to kind of track it as 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 it pleases the crowd. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. EST, every morning, Monday through Thursday. Thanks, and we'll see you soon at Folico Live.